Hello, everyone. This is Brian Kirkner with Good Dog Workshop, your podcast resource for successfully working with your dog. We'll help you sift through all the wrong and ridiculous information out there. We'll help you understand dogs and how to effectively work with your dog's nature, not against it. In short, we'll teach you how to speak dog. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. So today's topic is bringing home a new dog. This was uh, suggested to me from a colleague of mine out in Los Angeles, Ness Gutman of Angels Bark Dog Rescue. So thank you very much for that suggestion, Ness. Now, I've fostered about 40 or so dogs over, over the years, um, had hundreds of dogs in my home for you know either boarding or, or client appointments. So I've got, got a good amount of experience with, uh, with this. Um, first thing I, I want, you to, want you to understand, listeners, is don't expect your new dog to be perfect. Thing, you know, things are going to go wrong occasionally. He's new to you and you're new to him. He's not going to be instantly perfect for you, nor are you going to be instantly perfect for him. So be patient with him and be patient with yourself. First and foremost, though, provide him with the exercise, leadership, and structure in all aspects of his new life with you, and you'll be on your way to a great relationship with your new dog. That's advice that I give to all of my clients, regardless of how many dogs they've owned, new dog owners, um, whatever behavior problems they're having. Exercise, leadership, and structure. You always got to start with that. So before you bring your dog home, make sure you have a collar on him and ID tags on him. This may seem like a no-brainer to some, but I can't tell you how many stories I've heard of adopters getting their new dog home, and on the first day, he yanks the leash out of their hands or slips out the door and runs off. He's brand new to the neighborhood and doesn't know the environment, so nothing is familiar to him. He's as likely to run up to a stranger as he is to run towards you or run um, you know, into a field. So put a collar and ID tags on him, because without a collar, he'll be hard to catch for you or your, or your neighbors. And without identification, anyone who does manage to catch him won't know who he belongs to. And then you go through that whole mess of putting up flyers and tromping through the woods for hours and calling the SPCA. So start with a collar and ID tags. Um, so the next thing is when you get home, Make sure he's calm before you even let him exit your vehicle. Yes, we're excited to have a new dog and we want to get the relationship started and we're happy to be to be home, but start off the relationship in the best way possible, which is to teach him to be calm before he does anything else. Might sound a little harsh to start off, but if you put him in this this training mode of being calm, submissive, and respectful, first and foremost, you know, in a few weeks, few months, few years, you're going to have a fantastic dog who chooses to be calm first instead of being excited about everything first. And, you know, chances are you won't be calling me later on for, for help with behavior problems. So teach him to be, to be calm before he exits your vehicle. And then when you get him out, turn down the driveway and go for a walk, a long walk. I'm talking an hour or more. Seriously, this is to drain his energy, to introduce him to the neighborhood, and to start your bond with him. You're spending time with him. You're getting to know him. He's getting to know you. That leash is is giving him a lot of information about you, whether you're whether you're tense or whether you're loose, um, and he's sending a lot of uh, information to you back up that leash as well. Is he excited about something? Um, you're also learning about. Uh, about his, his body language, hopefully learning to study his body language and his breathing and whether the hair goes up on the back of his neck when he passes another dog or if he's afraid of big trash cans by the side of the road. You know, walking your dog, as we tell all of our clients, is the most important thing you can ever do with your dog outside of feeding him, of course. So start with that. Then when you get home, again, don't go in the house yet. 
walk them around your yard. Dogs do this naturally. They have a territory, so patrol the perimeter of your territory. And, you know, I live out here in Fauquier County. Some people have farms, and, you know, walking 20 acres of uh, uh, the, the perimeter of 20 acres of your farm maybe isn't, uh, isn't practical after an hour walk, but combine them because he needs to know the, the limits of, of where you want him to, to go. And maybe that's not the full perimeter of your property, but either way, show him around your yard so it's kind of the the next level of um, of territory within within your in your pack. Um, then bring him in into your house to show him the the next the next concentric level of of territory, which is the, the private territory. Um, and as soon as you bring him in, I just go ahead and and drop the leash or unleash him and. Lead him around if he's already following you. You know, puppies, you know, tend to tend to follow people more than, than adult dogs right off the bat. Or follow him around, let him explore freely, essentially supervising him to address any unwanted behavior such as, you know, digging or pulling at uh, carpet, chewing on furniture, or even, even lifting his leg. But let him explore your house so he feels comfortable with the environment, he gets familiar with the environment, and also you have the opportunity to to correct any any behaviors and kind of guide what uh, what he's doing, including you know maybe he doesn't get to go in the <clears throat> excuse me into the into the garage. Um, so do that, and you know he should settle down pretty soon if you've done a long enough uh, long enough walk um, and explored the yard and explored the house, and then you can have some you know some peaceful quiet time together if you want, or then you can get into some playtime or or tug or or whatever. Um, now, as far as sleeping goes, go ahead and, and plan on having multiple beds for him, okay? With three dogs in my house, I have a total of seven official dog beds on three different floors, plus my dogs are allowed up on the furniture. And we'll discuss that in, the, in depth in another podcast. But basically, if your dogs are respectful about getting on furniture, totally fine to get up there. If they, if they you know, jump on the furniture and are disrespectful or growl at you, or they won't get off the furniture when you tell them to, yeah, you need to back that up and maybe not let them on the furniture until you've trained them a different way. But we'll get into that in, in a later podcast. Um, so if your dog is gregarious and active, he'll probably naturally choose a spot in the middle of everything, in a kitchen or a family room where he can be kind of a part of the, the action. You know, most of the time people's kitchens, family rooms, living rooms are the busiest areas. That's where people normally are. So maybe that's where he'll choose to plop down. Or if he's more aloof and prefers quiet, maybe he'll choose to lay down in the in the hallway or the study or a or back room um, away from most of the uh, the activity of the family. But But go ahead and put a bed for him you know, wherever, just with the understanding that he's going to choose where he wants to be and then move his bed uh, accordingly. Um, now, I'd heard recently in a, uh, on a on a couple of TV shows, actually, with different trainers, um, let, bring a do- new dog home and letting him decompress. I understand that it's mostly humans that need that. Dogs want action. They want to do something. They're not just, you know, worn out from work or school or whatever at the end of the day. They just want to want to relax. Dogs need to and want to do more um, more than we do in, in a given day. So have, letting your new dog come home and decompress, chances are, you know, that's not him. Now, if you have a, an anxious dog or a fearful dog, that might be a good a good decision for you, but... Normally, you want to get the dog um, drained of 
drained of energy, get him engaged in, in something, get him, you know, working on training, whatever, so that you give him a job to do so he starts to learn his place in the household pack. Decompress, put him off in a corner or crate him somewhere, and then he's not a part of what's going on. So that's probably not the right thing for, for most dogs out there. Um, then another thing that I want to that I want to address here is crating. Crating is is fine. It's terrific for for some dogs. Necessary for some dogs, but not you know always necessary. It's not a not a deal breaker in in my opinion. But the one thing is, don't crate your dog in a basement or alone anywhere. I've worked with way too many clients over the years who have shown me, oh yeah, he's crated down in the basement or he's crated in the in the fan room, and everyone else sleeps upstairs. You know, the, another dog may have. Uh, access to the people upstairs, but not the new dog. Um, either way, you need to allow your your new dog to have access to at least one other pack member throughout the night, whether it's a person or another dog. It, it doesn't doesn't matter. Being near another pack member at night provides the companionship and security the dogs need, and that they benefit from. And more important than that is the fact that. A dog being separated from his pack every night and completely on his own, but for the other two-thirds of each day, he has to pay attention to us, mind us, and follow our rules. That creates an inconsistency in his training that can confuse him by him not knowing his role in your household pack. Okay, so you, the, the dog may be thinking, I have to listen to you now, but I didn't have to listen to you for the past, uh, past eight hours, and you know, there was no companionship for uh, for me and I couldn't hear or see anyone. I was down here by myself and the rest of you were, were upstairs. That's gonna be confusing and, and oftentimes unsettling to a dog. So you don't don't want to do that. Um, you, you know it, it it can it can be problematic in him learning to trust you because of that of that inconsistency. So allow your dog to have access to with at least one other member of the of the household pack throughout the nights. Good good practice, especially with with new pups. And yes, I understand young puppies. They're going to cry. They're going to fuss. They may move around in their crate and rattle. You just like a baby. You are going to lose sleep the first couple of nights. Deal with it. It's what you signed on for. And then over time, you know, probably within a few days, he's going to quiet down and feel safe and secure that you're that you're near him. And then you can let him out of the crate in your bedroom. You can open the door and he can roam around more. But he has the option to come back and check on you, whether it's just looking up at you, seeing you move at night, hearing your breathing, whatever it is. That's that's important to to dogs. And one other issue that I come across uh, with a lot of clients is where the dog's bowls are. A lot of people, put, out of convenience, put their dog's bowls up against a wall. And yes, they're out of the way, but I wouldn't want to eat facing a, a wall, and dogs don't either. I mean, dogs, most animals, in fact, prefer to see their surroundings while they're eating or, or drinking. You know, you think of National Geographic videos, animals go into a, to a watering hole. They're looking while they're drinking, whether they're predator or prey, they want to know what's going on. But especially for anxious, nervous, and fearful dogs, these dogs need to feel comfortable and secure, especially while they're eating and drinking. So place their bowls where they can see in, in front of them. There was one, uh, one client I worked with years ago. She had two huskies, both females, and we had been working a little bit outside because the, the two dogs would, um, uh, would, would fight occasionally. When we came inside, I noticed that the, that the one dog who 
um, got picked on by the other dog when she went up to their water bowl, which was not only up against a wall, but underneath a bench, she just looked nervous. And so immediately I said, can we pull the bowl out? And we pulled the bowl out a couple of feet into the center room and automatically the dog, her, her demeanor, her, the look in her eyes, she settled down. She was much more comfortable um, with her bowl not up against a wall. Again, I know it's inconvenient to do that, and maybe you just have the food bowl out in the middle of the room and then push it back when, uh, when it's no longer eating time. But uh, but please give you know do your dogs a favor and don't put their bowls up against a, a wall. Um, as far as feeding, I always prefer to feed my my dogs newer or or incumbent dogs with the family, not isolated in the laundry room um, by himself, unless there's a serious food aggression issue, which you know, I should be working on anyway. Um, but yeah, feed them with the family, feed them with the other dogs. Ideally, you'd, you'd feed them with you because packs or families of dogs eat together naturally. So why not do the, do the same with them ourselves? And chances are you'll have to teach your new dog not to beg at the table while you're eating. So you may as well get started on teaching them that too. And again, we'll get into, uh, um, counter surfing and, and begging for food into in another podcast, but it's it's really a good thing to get started right away. So once again, he has the structure; he knows what the rules of your household pack are. And last thing that that's so crucially important: don't let the novelty of having a new dog wear off. Okay, so after a couple of hours, couple of days, couple of weeks, whatever, he's still your dog. He still depends on you for everything. So continue spending time with him. And I mean quality time with him, actually engaging with him, doing things that he wants to do. Walk with him, take him for a hike, play fetch with him, play tug with him, play hide and seek with him, obedience train him, teach him tricks. There's so many different things you can do with your dog out there. Do these activities often and for extended periods of time, okay? Think about this. How much time do you spend entertaining yourself, whether you're watching TV or movies or YouTube videos, online shopping, playing video games? And how much time do you spend doing something with your dog? If you actually write those numbers down, you'd probably be stunned at the ratio of how little time you actually spend engaging with your dog in an activity that he likes. I don't mean petting your dog for six hours, you know, during a Star Trek marathon on, on TV while you're, while you're watching it and he's just laying there. I mean, actually doing something. Dogs, they like to sniff, they like to walk, they like to explore, they like to, you know, chase stuff, retrieve. So do something that they want to do and not just for a couple of minutes a day. Do it until he's done, you know, with my my uh, chocolate lab, I'll throw the ball with her until she lays down and doesn't bring any back anymore. That's the retriever's way of saying, okay, I'm done. I've had my fill of this. So make sure that the you're doing all these activities with him because the more time you spend with him, engaging with him in activities that benefit him and that strengthen your relationship with him, the stronger your bond is going to develop and the more likely you are to have a dog who listens to you, trusts you, and respects you. So again, exercise, leadership, and st structure are what your dog needs from you in order for you, for him to know his role in your household pack and grow to be a terrific, terrific companion for you and your family. So as always, please like us uh, on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube and give us a, a thumbs up. If you have any questions, feel free to uh, to call or text or email me at brian at gooddogworkshop.com. 
Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next time.